Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus today. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers on the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know what that music means. It's time for the memes of the weekend here on the Take It Easy podcast, which is here on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome in, everybody. I hope y'all are having an awesome Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever and however it is that you may be stopping in because we got ourselves the memes of the weekend pod from a crazy ass weekend in sports. We'll talk about all of that coming up here. College football talk, our uh, Philip Rivers Memorial Purgatory Award winner, and our weekly segment of how did the Pac-12 and ACC bleep things up this week? We will have all of that and some NFL talk. That London watch party was just a total flop because the game was boring and Zach Wilson didn't have a first down for like three quarters which was kind of unbelievable and uh, we will have all of that and more coming up here on the pod but first the meme of the weekend is of course the Packers and the Bengals shout out to our man Blake Jude stripe hype Cincy he was live and in attendance for that game and uh, it was a great effort by the Bengals. Unfortunately, I've been branded a Bengals hater as of recently, especially by our boy Juju Talk Sports over on the Slump Buster YouTube. Watch the preview for the Packers-Bengals game if you want to know what that's all about. But the, the Bengals did much better than I thought they would. And also, I was absolutely correct. The difference in the game, other than just, you know, field goals missed here and there, was Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Just a deadly combination and... The Packers ended up getting 50-yard plays because Aaron Rodgers can hit Devontae Adams in stride, and it's the best two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks in the league with one of the best two best three wide receivers in the league, and that's just the difference in the game of a total toss-up. So uh, the Packers did win, which means we get to play their wonderful music, which is not as wonderful for the Packers because this is the last dance, and this is our last dance intro for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with Green Bay Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team. And so we have a standoff here that nobody knows exactly where it's going. He is not making this about money. He wants out of there and he's telling you there is no amount of money. We want him back in the worst way. I know he knows that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to work at it. The situation between the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams is not good. As far as this weekend, as far as training camp, we will see. There's been one message consistently 
coming out of Aaron Rodgers' camp. And, and that's, I don't want to be here. So let's just skip right to the end of the game because this is just the craziness of it all. Like, the Packers are up 22-14 to 14 against the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals have the ball, and you kind of think towards the end of the game, well, I mean, the Packers are covering right now. They've been better the entire game, even though Aaron Rodgers struggled out the gate. After Aaron Rodgers started 4-for-9 for for 40 yards and an interception, he went 20-for-22, 256 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, MVP Aaron Rodgers is not going to happen this year, but I think it's just because Aaron Rodgers can't do it for 16 games out of the year. Like, last year, the defense was rolling for the Packers. The offense was more opened up. Aaron, It was a weird anomaly that Aaron Rodgers was able to do that well for that extended period of a time last year. Aaron Rodgers gives us glimpses of it all the time. It's just not there consistently like it was last year in a weird fluke MVP of our lifetime that someone at 38 years old could be that phenomenal even if prior to Patrick Mahomes he was the greatest quarterback to ever pick up a football and so it's 22 to 14 it's like right in this moment you start to think like this is where historically the Bengals fold or at the very least where the Packers win the game because that's how we always envision with the Packers you give Aaron Rodgers a minute and nine seconds and it's too much time because he's done it in 30 seconds before hell he did it in 30 seconds against the 49ers two weeks ago you 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 have the ball and the Packers you just feel like they're going to get a stop here or there and to my surprise Joe Mixon scores with like three and a half minutes to go and not only that they're now down 22-20, and not only do they score, they score on a busted play for a two-point conversion. It was a play for Jamar Chase all the way. Play gets busted by the Packers, just scrambling around. Joe Burrow, who probably couldn't talk at that point because he has a throat contusion, hits T. Higgins crossing in the back of the end zone. It's 22-22, and then that's when everything just starts getting funny because... The Packers do the thing the Packers do. They go right down the field. They're going to win the game. Nope, Mason Crosby missed the kick. Bengals get the ball to win the game. Evan McPherson. Nope, he's going to miss the kick. Kick Jagger, which a uh, or uh, Mick Swagger, I think. Is, I forgot what we're going to call him. I think Kick Jagger is the best way to go about it because there's so few good nicknames for kickers that we gotta we gotta use them specifically. So Kick Jagger, Evan McPherson, he's already made two game-winning field goals. He beat the Jaguars and he beat the Vikings with game-winning field goals. Nope, he's going to miss the kick there. Mason Crosby's going to get a chance at the end of regulation. Is he going to make it? Nope, we're going to go to overtime with three missed kicks. I love the joke that everyone is making. It's just it's it's the annual Mason Crosby game where he's going to miss like three or four kicks and then still be fine. It's like uh, the annual Patrick Mahomes three interception game that he had a couple weeks ago against the Chargers. Like it's going to happen eventually. Just happened to be this week for our man Mason Crosby. And so and they end up going to overtime. He loses the coin toss, which is something I didn't realize till afterwards, is that Mason Crosby was the captain. So he called the coin toss and lost on the call of the coin toss. 
And then the first play right after that is just Joe Burrow throwing an interception right to the Packer defender. And not like the Packer defender makes a play. Like Joe Burrow, there's not a receiver in sight. It's technically a crossing route, so that's probably what Joe Burrow was thinking. There's not a receiver anywhere, anywhere on that field when he gets intercepted. And it is game over. And then Mason Crosby missed a third field goal. And at the same time, because behind the scenes, when you're running meme pages, you have to have memes kind of ready because when the game ends is when people are going to most be interested in it. And that's how you break algorithms. And it was just mayhem. I had Bengals win memes. I had Packers win memes. At a certain point, I just said, you know what? Bleep it. Might be lesser content, but my brain's getting fried and sports adrenaline overloaded. I'm just going to go with the classic. Packers and Bengals fans are both just dead inside. Like, because I'm dead inside. I don't have a rooting interest and I'm dead inside. Just the momentum swings in this game are insane. If you had money on this game, I can't even imagine the craziness of that. Because not only does Mason Crosby miss three field goals and kicks Jagger miss a field goal, kick Jagger missed a second field goal. And it was the best one because he was celebrating like he made it and it hit the yellow flag and it just fell by the wayside and it was beautiful. And then the Packers went down and by the sixth kick, you kind of, I mean, this one was the closest one of the, of the three that Crosby had missed. So you just kind of felt like that one was going to go in and it did. And it was just a wonderful finish. And the Packers get the win. They get to celebrate. We don't have to pretend like the Bengals are a playoff team for another week. And also, after the game, we got introduced to redneck Aaron Rodgers, which if you haven't seen this photo, check it out. If you're listening to this on Monday, check it out over on Comical Sports Memes. If you're listening to this at a way later date, just scroll back to October 10th and try and find it. Because redneck Aaron Rodgers is excellent excellent it's a player on the Bengals who just like Aaron Rodgers with just hair in every single place conceivable that was an amazing meme he had Joe Burrow with a throat contusion my most popular meme of the weekend was that everyone is just immediately pointing to the thing about how you know if you have Jamar Chase then you can't if you if you have Jamar Chase then you can I'm sorry, if you draft Panay Sewell and anybody at wide receiver, Joe Burrow can throw it. But if you draft Jamar Chase and have anyone at at offensive line, Joe Burrow's just going to get sacked and injured again. Well, Joe Burrow did get injured again, and then we got to make fun of the idea of Joe Burrow getting injured, except he came back in the game, and then Joe Burrow went to the hospital with a throat contusion, which is something I have never seen before. So this game was awesome and fun, the gift that keeps on giving, and exactly the type of game I would like to talk for 11 minutes about here on the memes of the weekend. The other game I'd like to talk about, the London game, because of course the London game went the way that it did. It was just terrible offense by the Jets. Falcons could have put the game like way out of reach, but they fumbled the ball a bit, and then it was slowly looking like it was going to be a Falcons chaos game. There was a quick moment where they got it to 20-17, to The Jets scored two touchdowns in the second half because the Jets still have not scored a touchdown in the first half this year. The Jets have not scored a single point in regulation first quarters this season. First quarters, they haven't scored a single point. 
point yet this season. It's genuinely unbelievable. And they don't even have the worst offense in the NFL. They're ranked like 28th because their second halves end up being still pretty good. It's a rough time to be a New York Jets fan. And imagine you lose against the Falcons and you have to have Freddy the Falcon, which is just a horrific looking mascot for the Atlanta Falcons, have to talk shit to you on the sidelines. Just adds to the pain of all of it because they brought Freddy the Falcon to London and Freddy the Falcon should never, ever be put in front of an international audience as a representation of America because that man's eyes have seen things they have seen things and they are not pretty like adam gase who we joked when his bug eyes showed up at a press conference had a dead body in his trunk freddie the falcon has seen many dead bodies he's watched humans die in front of his eyes he may have killed someone we don't know but freddie the falcon is hiding something behind those large beady eyes also On a lighter note, can we laugh at the fact that the Falcons had two players run into each other on a punt, not pushed by the other team, just straight running into each other? It was an excellent play, and I highly recommend you check out the video over on Comical Sports. If you're listening to this like on October 25th or whatever, just go back to October 10th on Comical Sports on Instagram, because... This video is wonderful of two Falcons running into each other on a punt. It didn't end up being a fumble, which would have been even funnier, but it was still amazing because it is the Falcons at their finest. Can we conclude once and for all that the Houston Texans are only going to win two games, get the number one pick in the draft, or... In some weird alternate universe, they're going to win the AFC South and would also be 3-2 and two right now because that seems to be how the Houston Texans work. There is no in-between for this team. They are either going to be the worst team in the NFL or they're going to win the AFC South somehow this year from 1-4, and four. which is not to say that the Texans are any good. They're a terrible roster, but for some reason, they have these weird games where they can beat the New England Patriots or at least look like they're going to beat the New England Patriots until the Patriots kick six field goals I want to say I want to say six field goals for the Patriots to beat the uh the uh Houston Texans but the Texans dominate early on and Jason or Devin or whichever McCourty is still on the whichever McCourty still plays for the Patriots had a terrible terrible mess up on that Chris Moore touchdown that are going to end up inflating Davis Mills's numbers but still it was just a weird weird game with weird weird moments and uh, the Texans they just the Texans are terrible but also the AFC South is terrible and so they play the Colts next week and if you beat the Colts you are right in the thick of things for that terrible terrible AFC South despite the fact you might have the worst roster in all of football also Denver Broncos we get to laugh at you usually we have one a week we get to laugh at sometimes it's the Giants sometimes it's the Bears we haven't gotten a laugh at the Broncos this year but the Broncos had a 3-0 start people wanted to convince me that the Denver Broncos were legit our most popular meme from two weeks ago was saying the Broncos are 3-0 but also 
The Broncos played opponents who had a combined record of 0-9. And so Denver has now played back-to-back weeks against above 500 opponents. Well, I guess the Steelers aren't technically above 500, but we suspect that the Steelers will end up above 500 at some point. They lose in resounding fashion to Baltimore, lose in resounding fashion to the Steelers. Not that the games were blowouts, but just that from start to finish, dominated by the Ravens and Steelers, and they don't have a super easy schedule coming up here the next two weeks. Denver Broncos next week will take on the Raiders, who also are not legit, but still they're holding holding out for hope there. Then they play at Cleveland on Thursday night. So not a great time to be a Denver Broncos fan. You do get Washington at least the week after that, but still we knew October was going to be a rough month and exactly what I said was going to happen is going to happen. And I think it actually might be the Broncos finishing three and four, just going to go out on a limb. I'd pick the Raiders next week and I definitely pick the Browns at home on Thursday night against Teddy Bridgewater. And now the super depleted Broncos offense, which this is the other part. It's like that you can explain this by injuries. Josie Jewell getting hurt. Huge loss for the Broncos. Bradley Chubb, definitely a big loss for the Denver Broncos. No Jerry Judy. No KJ Hamler. Teddy Bridgewater was playing injured this week. There's been a lot of injuries that explain away the Denver Broncos' demise, kind of like what's going to happen to the Seattle Seahawks across the next month. But it's still funny that people wanted to convince me that the Broncos were legit. And this is how you win beefs is with teams that set their expectations too high. Sorry, Broncos fans. It's nothing personal. It's just it's been an unfortunate ride for you guys over the past couple weeks. Because you guys look like the Broncos that we used to know. I've got a new segment I'd like to try out here on the memes of the weekend. Because one thing that we've done in the past is uh, talking about little things that I found funny and little notes that I take down that are great memes, but we just kind of do them randomly. So what I want to do here is five little thoughts, which are just five little blurbs of like funny memes that happened over the weekend and LOL type things that don't really have any context other than just the, the jokes themselves. So I've got five little things that I'd like to discuss here on this weekend. Number one, I wish I had music behind this, but number one, Josh Allen averaged 31 yards per completion in the first half of that Sunday night football game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Just the entire offense was just, how do we beat all of these terrible secondary players for the Chiefs deep? How do we just beat them deep, and that's how we're going to win, because I'm Josh Allen, and I can throw the ball 60 yards down the field. Number two. Michigan State has basically just had the same quarterback for like 12 years, like five versions of the same quarterback at this point. Like it started out with Kirk Cousins, then it was Connor Cook, you had Brian Lewerke in there. Michigan State's undefeated, by the way. They're like one of the four Big Ten teams that are in the top 10 who won't actually do, I think five, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, 
Iowa, Penn State, yeah, five teams in the Big Ten are in the top ten, and they just, the only reason is because they're all undefeated and haven't beaten each other up yet. Like, Michigan State still has to play Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Michigan's got to play Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State. Ohio State's got to play Penn State, or uh, Michigan, and Michigan State. They're going to beat each other up at some point, but for the time being, five teams in the top ten out of the Big Ten. So, that's cool for them. Michigan State plays Indiana next week, and then they get that gauntlet schedule of Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, all the fun Michigan games or Michigan State games coming up in November. But now the guy's name is Peyton Thorne. It's a new quarterback for Michigan. Uh, I'm sorry, Michigan State, and he's basically just Kirk Cousins, who's basically just Connor Cook, who's basically just Brian Lewerke, and I'm sure I missed someone in between because. There's probably been a few. They all stay for three years usually. They all can throw for 300 yards. They're all usually, I think they're all white. There might have been one mixed in there, but I think they're all white quarterbacks. All Pretty much a run-based offense. I think the guy for uh, Michigan State had over 200 yards this week against Rutgers, which to be fair is against Rutgers, but still Michigan State, pretty much just the exact same quarterback for 12 years. Five different versions of the same dude. It's kind of interesting how that worked out for them. Even to, across head coaches, too, because now it's Mel Tucker who's coaching instead of Mark D'Antonio. But they, they must have gave him the M.O. Look, we got one prototype of quarterback here. I don't know if it's a Michigan thing or it's just uh, a recruiting preference or Michigan State's just had this long-standing tradition of just that quarterback. But we're just going to recruit basically Kirk Cousins every single time, and we're going to make a college football playoff in 2015 with it. Number three, Stenson Bennett, the legend that is Stenson Bennett. Because Bennett was basically just asked to finally... Or against Arkansas, Bennett was asked, just hand the ball off. They ran the ball 60 times. He threw the ball 11. This time, Stenson Bennett actually got to throw the football against Auburn. Boy, was that exciting that we got to watch Stenson Bennett in his natural element. We explained last week what the legend of Stenson Bennett is. You guys can check that out again. But Bennett, 66% completion percentage, 231 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. So the Teddy Bridgewater of college football, who is the greatest name ever, being Stenson Bennett IV, who has been gifted, basically just been gifted this magical team with a magical defense, and he's basically just Nick Foles. He was gifted this magical team, and he looks great just because he's around all of these amazing players. So Stenson Bennett, Nick Foles of college football. He's not Teddy Bridgewater of college football. Good things are not allowed to happen to Teddy Bridgewater. That's something we learned on Sunday as well. The other things we learned on Sunday will come up in our next segment around the Philip Rivers Memorial Award. So uh, that is number three. Number four, the LSU Tigers, because LSU is now officially dead last place in the sec west and it doesn't get much easier for them because they haven't even played their difficult opponents yet lsu got curb stomped this weekend by kentucky 40 
I think it was 40-20, something like that. But 20-point victory, three-touchdown loss, just absolute curb-stomping of the LSU Tigers, who, as we've talked about before and focused on the reporting that's being done by USA Today and the lawsuits that filed around sexual harassment and ignoring sexual harassment and sexual assault on campus and prioritizing football over well-being and morals, they sold their soul to win that championship. And two years later, it has all unraveled because since then... LSU football is 8-8 eight and eight since winning a national championship. Rare does the national champion fall apart that quickly. Even at Florida State, it took like five years for everything to totally fall apart. Maybe LSU is still a couple years away from that bottoming out type of thing, but it might end up costing Ed Orger on his job and a curb stomping against Kentucky before you still have to play Auburn... Ole Miss, Arkansas, Alabama, and Texas A&M, never great, never great if you're LSU and you're already last place in the SEC West because Arkansas is good now, Ole Miss is better than they used to be, and Mississippi State beat Texas A&M who just beat Alabama because that's how apparently the SEC is going to work this year is a little bit of Pac-12 in everyone. And this year, the SEC West has a little Pac-12 in them because LSU is in dead last. And number five, the Jacksonville Jaguars, officially the longest losing streak in the NFL across 45 years. The only two longer, the 1970s Bucks, who lost 26 games because of weird expansion rules. They were an expansion team in 76, lost their first 26 games, and then... The 1940s Chicago Cardinals, or Chicago Rams, one of those two teams, lost 29 consecutive games. So in the last 45 years, no one has had a longer losing streak than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And just to add on to that, a Jaguars player definitely spanked Urban Meyer when he called for a challenge flag that looked like his coaches were telling him not to challenge and he was getting frustrated, so he just flicked the flag on the field and got a roar from the Jaguars crowd. And if you go back and find that video, because it's a really niche thing that happened, a Jaguars player definitely spanked Urban Meyer as he threw the challenge flag. So, 20-game losing streak for the Jacksonville Jaguars, now the longest in 45 years across the NFL. It is time to award the weekly memorial Philip Rivers Purgatory Award because Philip Rivers was always and forever will be down eight, one minute to go, no timeouts, length of the field. And so every week we give out the Philip Rivers Memorial or the Memorial Philip Rivers Purgatory Award to the team or quarterback who found themselves in Philip Rivers Purgatory this weekend. And for the fourth time in five seasons, even if this wasn't a true Philip Rivers Purgatory, and unfortunately the only other option that was on the table was Derek Carr potentially getting the ball down eight, one minute to go, no timeouts, 80 yards to go. But the Chicago Bears made a field goal just before then to prevent Derek Carr from getting the ball in Philip Rivers Purgatory, so there weren't really many other options. But, boy... Did Kirk Cousins have a week? 
because the laws of football state, Kirk Cousins can only win a game if he is leading a comeback with one minute left to go down at the end of the game because the Vikings, they didn't play very well. You know, Dalvin Cook's been out. Their defense isn't that great. But they were up 16-9 to in a boring-ass game against the Lions. And with two minutes to go, needing one first down to ice the game, Alexander Madison fumbled the football. And Alexander Madison's fumble ends up leading to the Lions getting it at the 20-yard line, down seven with a minute to go, going in. And it just felt like this is perfect. Like Kirk Cousins is going to get the ball in a tie game with a minute to go, having a timeout. Not zero, but one or two. I can't remember if it was one or two, but basically just Kirk Cousins is going to go into Kirk Cousins' purgatory. And that is exactly what happened because the Lions did score a touchdown with 37 seconds, but Man Campbell went all out and decided, I'm going to go for two. I like our chances to win right now, and if we don't get it, who cares? We're the Lions. What are our chances we're going to win in over? What are the odds we're going to lead a touchdown drive down the field when we literally have scored one time the entire game today? Yeah, we got a field goal off a turnover. We have one score the entire day. And so they go for two and they get it. They go up 17-16 thanks to Madison fumbling when at the very least you could have just kneeled the clock. You could have kneeled the clock and given it back to the Detroit Lions with 20 seconds to go. What is Jared Goff going to do? Throw the ball deep? We saw that one time today and it didn't work out very well because he underthrew the receiver by like four yards and it probably should have been intercepted. Nope. We're going to fumble. We're going to let the Lions score the game-tying touchdown. They're going to go for two. They're going to get it, 17-16. And Kirk Cousins gets to do what Kirk Cousins does every single week, be down one and under a minute to go, losing, length of the field to go. And Kirk Cousins took him right down the field, 33 seconds. The two timeouts helped a lot, of course, because Kirk Cousins does this with no timeouts every single week. But you shave 20 seconds off his time, you give him two timeouts, Kirk Cousins is going to take you down to the 33-yard line. Greg Joseph is going to kick a 54-yard field goal, and you're going to walk home happy, and Man Campbell's going to produce this amazing sound of him crying after losing the game. When you... uh... When you see your players give all that they have and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. So, um, but we'll be better for it, you know. And there again, credit Minnesota, but, um, you know, we, we made the one mistake that cost us, you know. And, uh, and so, ultimately, you know, it... Uh, we didn't, we didn't do enough to win. But. but coach, it's okay. The Lions will do this to you. They'll drive you crazy. Lions aren't allowed to have nice things. It's the reason why you're coaching the Lions. The Lions literally couldn't hire anyone else. They tried to hire Matt Campbell, but he turned down $59 million in what's looking like the worst decision on a contract since Dennis Schroeder turned down $84 million. But coach, Man Campbell, in honor of your team's valiant effort, despite the fact that they have not won a game this year, but they've lost in the two most heartbreaking fashions I can think of, let's play your guys' song. Haven't won a game this year, 
but I think you guys deserve it after today. Because one, you're the Lions, and two, you just ran into Kirk Cousins' purgatory. It happens. Kirk Cousins sometimes is going to make you feel that way. Being the coach of the Lions is going to make you feel that way all the time. And finally, to wrap up a very long, very exhausting sports weekend, how did the Pac-12 and the ACC fuck things up this week? Because both of those conferences have been a total atrocity this year. This began as a Pac-12 South and an ACC Coastal joke, of jokes of which I've been making for the past five years, but this gets expanded to the whole conference because both of those conferences have been an absolute tire fire this year. So let's start out in the Pac-12 where a bunch of teams were on by this week, but despite the fact that four of the 12 teams didn't play, you still had the Pac-12 being the Pac-12. You guys remember Oregon State football, right? Oregon State found themselves pulling upsets against Washington and beating Stanford and beating USC early on in the season. Well, unfortunately for Oregon State, their time at the top has come to a fall because the 4-1 Beavers lost to the Cougars of Washington State. The Cougars of Washington State, who had not won a conference game up to this point in the season, beat the Oregon State Beavers, who were 3-0 and in conference play coming into this game. So, accept your L, Oregon State, and uh, we will see you next time in the Pac-12 cycle of failure. Stanford, remember them? They beat Oregon last week. We spent a lot of time laughing at that, right? Well, Stanford, the week before that, lost to UCLA the week before that they beat well two weeks before that they beat USC Stanford just is one of these teams that just decides when they want to win and when they don't they lost by 18 to Arizona State now is Arizona State good absolutely is are they better than Stanford yes but this was Stanford's follow-up game to literally beating the third ranked team in the country and they took a big ol L at the hands of Arizona State. UCLA looked like they were going to be on here for a minute, and then uh, Utah and USC, neither team's really good. Utah curb-stomped USC. That's kind of what we expected coming out of that one. So who else in the ACC gets to join this group? Well, the ACC also had a truncated schedule this week because four of their teams were on by, but North Carolina, remember them? They were supposed to be ranked... They were ranked 10 in the preseason polls. They were supposed to be the team that made it out of the ACC Coastal. Well, they lost the first week of the season to Virginia Tech. They got stomped by Georgia Tech. And the number 10 team in the preseason poll lost at home to Florida State. Love this stat that Mike Norvell is now 4-8 in conference play as coach of Florida State. Two of those wins are against Mack Brown. 
Last week, Florida State survived a win against Syracuse, so as much as we did the podcast about the fall of Florida State and how this program has hit the hardest times it's ever seen, rebound time, baby. Florida State is 2-4, and four, which means Mike Norvell's going to get that third year coaching Florida State before he inevitably gets fired next October. Wonderful, wonderful failures there. Wake Forest survived an upset against Syracuse this week, but that team was ranked 19 and undefeated, and Syracuse is just not good at all. And then they went to overtime, and Syracuse, who, by the way, on this season was 3-2, but also 0-2 in conference play. Almost upset, undefeated Wake Forest. But we still can hold out hope. Boston College may have fallen, but we're still holding on to hope that maybe, just maybe, Wake Forest can go undefeated and make the college football playoff right up there with Kentucky and San Diego State right in the playoffs. SDSU Aztecs fight. Um, That is our week here on the Memes of the Weekend and in our segment of how the Pac-12 and ACC bleeped things up this week. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. We'll be back the rest of the week with more fun podcasts and more fun content, whatever else we may have in store for you. Check out Comical Sports Memes, Take It Easy, The Slump Buster, all the different things that we're working on. You can subscribe and follow uh, wherever it is possible with the link in the description to today's episode and thank you to our sponsors bet online sportsbook check them out for that 50 percent bonus as well have a great rest of your day everybody enjoy the nfl monday pod enjoy us here on memes of the weekend and we will talk to you again on tuesday